Welcome to This is the Good Part, a podcast where we can have some girl time and talk about how to have confidence and influence as women of all ages in our lives, homes, and relationships. It's not always easy and we can feel unqualified, but Jesus just calls us to choose the good part, which is sitting at his feet and learning his ways. I'm Megan. And I'm Steph. And today we're talking about dealing with anxiety and worry from the book, Having a Merry Heart in a Martha World. Also joining us today is special guest, Pastor Becky Alcantar. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. We're so excited. (laughs) We are so excited. So we picked a book that, uh, you know, we've all been reading and kind of diving into. We're really excited about. And we just feel like this this concept, this podcast is going to allow you, the listener, um, to be able to share some fellowship, not only with us, but maybe with your friends who also will check out the podcast and read the book. um, And we can just create community organically. That's always the goal, right? Totally. What kind of community have you felt like you have at Life Church uh, in like a non-traditional sense? Because I think when we think community, we assume we have to join the Bible study or whatever. But but tell me a little bit, Stefan, I feel like on the worship team, mm. you're going to have some things to say. But but people you have connected with outside of just being like, I'm going to show up to a group where I don't know anybody, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, you kind of nailed it right there with the biggest group of people that I'm involved with uh, on the worship team, we have a lot of ladies on that team and we get to connect and fellowship outside of a Sunday morning Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, be involved in each other's lives. And that's, what's really important. It's not just coming in on a Sunday morning and chit-chatting. It's about going deeper and having real relationships with the ladies that are, that we're surrounded with. Yeah, Yeah. totally. I mean, we got, we got real this morning, right? Like (laughs) impromptu, pop in somebody's office and cry your eyes out for a little while, right? Like, yeah. like those are the kind of relationships that um, I think as women, it's so important that we aspire to have and look for and go deeper in because life is hard. And again, that that is where we're coming from with this podcast is to just walk this walk this walk together, talk about what does it look like to have wisdom and discernment and finding favor of God? Like, what does that even mean? And and how do we do that? So um, like I said, today, we're going to be talking a little bit about anxiety and worry and how that impacts us as women, because it's not limited, right? Mm -hmm. Pastor Becky, talk to us a little bit about what you do and how you are quite qualified on this topic. (laughs) Uh, so I am the pastor for Journey to Wholeness, uh, first of all. But that really started probably back when I was reading this book. And I was just mentioning to the girls right before we started, you know, I was looking at this book. And when they brought it up, I thought, oh, gosh, I read that so long ago. I wonder when. And when I flipped through the pages, I found a little handprint, a happy Mother's Day for my daughter. Uh, and it was the tiniest little hand. And it had the date on it, 2006. Uh, so in 2006, uh, Pastor Becky was enveloped by anxiety and worry. (laughs) And she found this book and found it to be really, really helpful. Um, And I think it's really the seeds of these types of resources that really began the work and the movement of what 
journey to wholeness would become in that I knew in my isolation at the time with little kids and, you know, you feel like restricted sometimes and you feel overwhelmed at times and then you worry about things that you didn't know you were could even worry about uh, mm-hmm. before you had kids. Uh, I just knew I wasn't the only one uh, and uh, there needed to be a place and a space to talk about these things. And so I love how you brought up, you know, where are those places for you? Because they can be unconventional mm-hmm. uh, and they need yeah. to be in certain seasons of your life. Uh, you can't always make it to every, you know, Bible study or thing that you want to and you can get this large feeling of FOMO. Uh, mm, yeah, that's good. <laughs> and, and then be anxious about that because what are you missing? You know, you thought your career would look this way. You thought your relationships would look this way. Uh, and it's just incredible the things that can start to build up if you don't have good conversations um, and aren't intentional to find a way to do that. Maybe it's Zoom and your kids are crazy in the background. Blur out the background. Don't worry about picking up all the toys. And don't worry if the dog's barking or hacking in the corner. Like, just find <laughs> some time to have some conversations and see another face that can say, I know where you're at and here's what I do and I want to encourage you. Yeah, that's really good. I love that you said um, seasons of overwhelm mm. because I definitely relate to that. And it's it's not even so much that like there's so much going on or, you know, I'm so stressed out with work. It's not even necessarily those things, but it's just that feeling of I'm at like my capacity, Mm -hmm. right? And if you add one more thing to me, (laughs) I'm going to fall into pieces, Mm -hmm. right? And it's just like, it's this slow stack almost. And Mm -hmm. if you're not addressing that and taking care of that, I feel like that's when uh, definitely for myself, I feel like I spiral and end up in the in the pits yeah. of worry or anxiety. Mm-hmm. Can you kind of relate with that too? Oh, 100%. And when I was reading this book in particular, um, reflecting on Martha versus Mary, and I was like, my gosh. I spend so much time as a mother and as a wife preparing the spaces for my family and thinking that that's where I'm going to be a good wife. That's where I'm going to be a good mother. And I don't spend enough time being in the moment with them. Mm. And so when I was reading this and uh, reading about Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus, I instantly thought, my goodness, my kids don't care if there's crumbs on the floor. My kids don't care if all of the laundry is put away perfectly. What they care about is mom sits down and plays Legos with them for 10 minutes. So good. And so I I had a real kind of slap in the face when I was reading that. And I read, also it says um, in the scripture that Jesus rebukes Martha. Oh my gosh, yeah. And I was like, oh. I was like, are you you rebuking me? Imagine being like rebuked in the face by Jesus. That's so scary. Right. (laughs) But like in that moment, I was like, wow, like I need some gentle rebuke from my father and a reminder that there is more goodness in this life than just readying everything and being so consumed by the deeds Mm. and not sitting and resting. Yeah. Okay, so the scripture that we are kind of talking about um, and going around today is Luke 10, 38. And it says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. 
But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. I mean, girlfriend's cooking for Jesus and his 12 disciples and probably more. I want the best buffet for Jesus. Oh, (laughs) charcuterie, all the butterboards. I am not making macaroni and cheese, okay? (laughs) (laughs) No, we're going with the fancy hot dogs, okay? Get the china out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So Martha comes to Jesus and asks, Lord, don't you care? My sister has left me to do all the work by myself. Tell her to help me. Jesus goes, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. That's so, I I relate to this statement where she's like, but Lord, and I wonder, and I wanted to open up the scripture, like, did she continue on? Because I definitely would have continued. I mean, it was Jesus, but I've been like, okay, but, but like, Listen to me, Jesus, listen. (laughs) See it from my perspective. And I think also, you know, Martha was doing this as a gift, Mm -hmm. right? She was like, you know, I'm going to do all these things in this way and present it, you know, in this manner. And and that was her gift. So for Jesus to go, Martha, you're missing it. Um, I can only imagine just like how her heart must have just like hurt. Mm-hmm. just broken in that moment. And yet, like, that's what Jesus does. Like, he interjects so that we don't miss the good parts. Yeah. Like, in as much as we want to provide and lay the table out, he's like, it's not worth it. Just stop. If you're not going to receive the blessing of life and abundance, if you're not going to eat from this table because you're too distracted with the busyness, then I would rather not have it all. And I think that goes back to what you were saying. If anyone adds anything else to my plate, and why did I assume that I needed to keep everything I had on my plate as I entered into this next season? Shouldn't it have been, and I hate using the word shouldn't, (laughs) but uh, could it have been uh, that I needed to remove something from my plate so that I could enjoy this special time, this unique time? And I, I guess I'm just thinking of you with your kids and they're young and I was in the same place. I didn't realize that I needed to remove things from my plate and then the grief and the fear and the worry that came with that of, well, but do I get that back? Uh, Did I get all the way to this point in my career or the things that I was administering or doing in my community to set it aside? Will I get that back? Um, Because we have an attachment to it. And, and, and is what I did, did that contribution make a difference? Mm. Or do you watch it and go, oh, you know, they just said, okay, Vaya con Dios, and, and, and they changed everything that I did. It, there's so many layers. I think yeah. we don't wow. give enough credit to ourselves or, or room to ourselves to really unpack the many, many layers of, yes, you just welcomed a new life and you have a child and it's your person, um, but there's so much you had to say or need to say no to so that you can enjoy fully this really short season uh, in your life and trust God with what does the next season look like and will all the things of the desires of my heart be returned to me if that's appropriate when the season is done? Mm-hmm. Those are big, mm-hmm. open-ended question marks. And so I don't want you to feel like, oh, yeah, I struggle with these things. They're big things. <laughs> They're big questions. They're big 
uh, concerns. They're things that you do need to pause and work through, talk about. Uh, and that's the point that Jesus is making here. Hey, if you're not enjoying all of the pieces of life, then it's time to assess, are all those pieces needed, necessary in this season of your life? Or is it time to set them down so that you don't miss it? Wow. Yeah. And when it comes to setting things down, I think um, this book did a really good job, at least in my mind, of laying out what does something you're worried about look like and what does something you're concerned about look like and what is the difference between them. Essentially, uh, the book, we're never going to spoil, I don't think, anything in this podcast, but maybe. Um, So if you're like, don't tell me, maybe this isn't the podcast for you. Or if you're like, I don't have time to listen to every book or read every book. Um, I just want the highlights. Then, then I think you're going to enjoy this podcast. Uh, That's how I kind of am. I'm like, just get, get to the good part. (laughs) Right. Um, So, so worry is something that you fret about unnecessarily. Uh, It causes you to spiral. There's nothing you can really do about it. You know, it's like a a world situation or, um, you know, something like that, where it's like, it's out of your control. It's out of your hands. Concern on the other hand is something that you do have control over. Um, it's a, it's a logical thing to be concerned about. It's not outside of your realm. Uh, but the most important thing is that you give your concerns to Jesus. So you relinquish those concerns and you work through them, uh, with him. So I wanted to ask you guys a question. And that was, when is the last time you felt worried or maybe what is a worry that you're kind of, I don't know, in the in the middle of, in the season of, uh, and what does that look like for you right now? Um, the book also says toxic worry. It seeps into our thoughts, poisons our joy, convinces us to give up on solutions before we've even tried them. And worry makes us ask, Lord, don't you care? Mm. So I want to throw that at you guys and see what you what you have to say. Okay, I want to start, first of all, and just say I've been on this journey a long, long time. <laughs> That's uh, why we have on the show. <laughs> and so um, keep that in mind as I answer. I don't feel like I struggle with worry in the way I once did. Mm. And so, um, and that, again, a lot of time, a lot of years, a lot of reflection and time with God in saying, you know, examine me, oh God. You know, find in me what does not agree with who you say I am and um, who you are. And, uh, but I can remember as you were talking about that, I just remember um, worrying about things that may not ever happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think that's probably a thing. There is a, a quote from a movie and it's like, oh, I wish I had it in front of me, but it really was that worrying about things that may not ever happen. And so, you know, when I had my daughters and I would go and read so many articles and medical journals. It was ridiculous because they would have a sniffle and I would read about Mm -hmm. the worst case scenarios. And it was, yeah. And, you know, we didn't have that then. I mean, we had the internet, Uh, (laughs) but I really had this like book that was like 
my Bible and I would read it in the middle of the night and my husband would wake up and he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just reading up on this thing in case she has it. <laughs> and I just remember worrying about the little things, you know, what's going to happen when I drop her off at preschool? Um, do they have all the doors locked? Are they going to give her to the right parent at the end of the day? Um, she was very friendly and, and she didn't understand the concept of stranger. I told her, stranger is someone you don't know their name. So she would ask everyone their names. <laughs> and I, she was just like, I'm the verge of walking off with anyone at the mm. mall. And so those were the things that I not just worried in that moment. It was a concern. I had to address mm-hmm. that. But then it would snowball into the what ifs. Um, what if this happens? And what if that's happened? And and I just felt like I had to always be prepared for every worst case scenario. <laughs> and that's where like I just had this perpetual uh, ache in my gut. Now, now my daughters are in college. And while I do have concerns when I get notices from their school about incidents. Uh, I also have to trust that I have done the work. We have had the conversations that they have wisdom and discernment as well. And that most of all, they belong to God Mm -hmm. Uh, and he is faithful and consistent and he loves them more than I could possibly love them, which is incredible to think about. And so in as much as, you know, I can't say worry never enters in, it's harder for me to think of moments now and that's just because I have spent a lot of time examining those moments when they came because you got to battle them back. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to address them head on uh, and not let that um, narrative take control over your mind and your heart and your body because I know you're feeling it in your body too. And so at the end of the day, you might just be exhausted because you played some scripts and played with some worries and thoughts that just drained you. And on top of all the things that are required of you, um, you don't need that extra layer uh, taking away your time and attention for this very special time in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so good that you uh, talk about the narrative of worry. I We had this conversation actually this morning with a group of us gals. Um, and I worry for me is something that's deeply rooted in my story. Um, it served me a really good purpose. It protected me. Worry, I was always worried that I was going to get in trouble, that I wasn't in the right spot. And to some level, it protected me. And so for the last 15 years, I've been trying to rewrite this narrative of, um, of worry, of instantly going there. Uh, so that's something that I'm, I'm still working on. I think it's, I think it's a, something that you have to address every day, at least for me. You know, I'll, I'll, a small little thought, a seed of worry will creep in and I instantly have to shut it down. Um, I have to be reminded of scripture. Wow. I have to be reminded of um, like, Proverbs says, uh, an anxious heart weighs a man down. Mm. And if I just succumb to that worry, I'm so weighed down. My whole day is just upside down because all I can think, my thought life is just consumed in, well, what if this happens? I mean, honestly, guys, down to like the craziest things. Like what if I'm driving on this bridge with my Mm. kids in the car Mm -hmm. and I go off the side, Mm -hmm. how am I going to unbuckle me, unbuckle them, roll down Mm -hmm. the window? Like it's that spiral. Yeah. And um, so you just have to shut those thoughts down immediately. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Take every thought captive. Absolutely. Literally. And I, I definitely wrestled with that for a while. You know, I think back um, one of the deeper periods of my life where I've felt this this worry, like this gut ache worry. Uh, I would say it was the summer after the pandemic had started. Like we were sort of living in this new mm-hmm. 
reality, mm-hmm. maybe. And before it had kind of been like the funny Tiger King pandemic. <laughs> and then it turned into, oh no, like this is, this may be sticking around. And I definitely experienced what I would say was the closest I had felt to being like depressed, mm-hmm. um, but almost hopeless. Mm-hmm. And I struggled with like, God, how do I, how do I take thoughts captive? Like, cause it's consuming me. It yeah. felt like it was every fiber of me. It wasn't just like a little thing thing that was like flying by like a fly or something I could swat out of the air. Um, and the truth is, it just kind of takes that that time and that constant surrender of it's not me, but it's you. It's not me, yeah. but it's you. I don't even know how many times I said that. Not me, but you. It's your will. Mm. And, um, you know, I love how Pastor Sean, he'll say, this is the day that the Lord has made. Mm-hmm. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Like every single day. Yeah, God knew what was going to happen this day. And yet, still let us rejoice and be glad in it. And so sometimes you just have to tell yourself that a million times. In my case, I did until I finally started to, like you can do, Steph, take those those thoughts captive and bind them, make them obedient to what Jesus says. Yeah, and that's that second part of the verse, you know, not only take them captive, which means I need to be able to identify and see them when they're happening because they're so unconscious. They're happening without you fully being aware of them. You're not saying, today I'm going to think about all the horrible things that could possibly happen. It's just a script that's actually running that we have to quiet ourselves so that we can see them, so that we can identify them when they come. And then the second part says, and lead them into the obedience of God, which Mm -hmm. means now that I've not only identified them, how am I going to rewrite that? How am I going to bring that under God's authority? One, I need to stop it. I can't allow it just to run. So now that I've identified it, now I'm going to see it, right? When we bring something to our attention, we basically give instruction to to our mind to watch for it now. And we will notice it once we say to ourselves, hey, this is not good. We need to get a hold of this. Suddenly you realize how many times a day you have those thoughts and then lead it into the authority of God. What is the authority of God? What does scripture say about what thought you're having right now? And what is the truth? And what I've learned is I can say something uh, and reject that thought. I can say that's not true. But when I take the word of God, right, Mm -hmm. his very breath over that thing, his breath creates, right? And it also recreates. And so it is the very breath of God, his word, where I can look and say, okay, I'm worried about how we're going to pay the bills tomorrow. I can go to scripture and see exactly what he says to me about he is my provider, that he will never fail me, that he is consistent and faithful. And then I can speak those words in response to that narrative that comes up, which redirects it and which basically rewrites the very synapsis of your brain, which is the neuroscience of it, because what you're trying to do is extinguish that thought yeah. uh, and ex, ex, or not extinguish. Nope. And, and light up the thought of God's word in your mind so that it's so automatic then mm. that that's the thing you don't even realize that there is God's word just running across your mind all the time, which then starts to diminish and extinguish worry. Mm. That's the good part. That. <laughs> That was the good part. Holy moly, that's the good part. Yeah, that was really good. Um, and you know what I was thinking while you were talking is that takes a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You were saying you were using the uh, analogy of like lighting a fire, and I had kind of this this image in my head of like a guy having to walk outside, mm-hmm. go collect all of the firewood, 
come back in the house, put it, put it all down, get the little kindling out, get his little lighter out, like the little flint, yeah. you know, and like actually light this yeah. fire. And it's it's hard and it yeah. takes effort. And um, it sounds really, it can be really flippant, I think, when someone says, well, take every thought captive and uh, right. you shouldn't, yeah. you shouldn't struggle with this Just stop doing that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, just don't think about it. Like, um, mm-hmm. it doesn't work that way. Yeah. yeah. And yet, I mean, I will confess that when I first started this journey, uh, probably around 2006, uh, that I would audibly say out loud to those Mm. thoughts, no, just to interject because they were so uh, deeply embedded. Wow. Uh, I had a lifetime of trying to figure things out on my own. Mm. And whether that be culture or my upbringing or my story of origin, you know, whatever reason that is that... Um, you were convinced that you didn't have anyone else you could depend on, trust, look to, that we have been doing this for a long time. And it's not just yesterday that even though you have a new situation, a new experience today, uh, the tools you're using to deal with that are deeply, deeply embedded. And so uh, it it takes some interjection sometimes. So yes, I would be driving and having this thought getting into a worry pattern. And I would say, no, this is what God says about it. Uh, And just that no sometimes like just... uh, kind of shocked the system where I was like, wait, what was I thinking about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that gave me the opportunity to plant some new seeds then of mm-hmm. here's what the Lord says. Here's what I know to be true, uh, which I love because the book talks about, you know, how is it then? And I'm all about the practical. Um, how is it? And right. the scripture itself talks about being anxious about nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, be prayerful about everything. Be thankful for all things. And so it might just start with a prayer. God, I need some help. I am obsessing about this thing, but here's what I know to be true. Here's what I can be thankful for today. And it can just start there. Maybe you don't have uh, scriptures memorized and Mm. flowing off your lips yet, uh, but I would then do that work, right, of when I get home tonight, I'm going to write it in my journal because I had to interject with myself, and here's what I said, but let me get what the Word says, and let me start saying that. Uh, Let that be my prayer now. And even though I'm not having that thought right now, I'm going to repeat these words so that the next time I am tempted, to have that worry, have those thoughts, it will just flow from my lips at that point. And that's that long road. That's that mm-hmm. uh, consistent, intentional rewiring of this is how it was for me. And for a good reason, there's no shame in that, that you got this far on that. But now God, Jesus is inviting you into something better. Hey, the things that you're doing, if they're robbing you, which they are, they're making you anxious. They're making you fret. They're making you fearful even uh, that he's saying, good job. Good job. But now I have something better for you. Mm, Now I'm not going to let you go on like this. So we're going to start to challenge you in this place and it's going to be okay. It's going to be work. But when you get there, you're going to remember Pastor Becky going, you know, I used to worry a lot, (laughs) but I can't think of a day recently that I've worried like that. And that I can tell you is just the most beautiful testimony that you can share with someone who's on the journey right along with you, uh, right beside you or right behind you. Yeah. It, I mean, for me with, with all of that, it comes down to what is your perspective, right? Is, Mm -hmm. is God elevated above your worry and your anxiety or is your anxiety of greater power than him? The book says, what is your perspective? If my God isn't bigger than life, then my life is bigger than God. And that's when anxiety takes over. 
Okay, say that again. Mm-hmm. If my God isn't bigger than life, then my life is bigger than God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so which one? Yeah. Which one are you gonna go with? Ugh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's really good. I love that. I love that thought. I just like wanna sit in that for a minute because um, like you said, Becky, search me, search me, oh God. Mm-hmm. Know my heart. Mm-hmm. What are my true desires? And this is something God's been challenging me on this week. Mm-hmm. What are what are your desires? Because I feel like when you're worrying, it's usually you're projecting what what your desires are, what you want to see happen, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily God's plan at all. And now I've made myself bigger than you, God. Mm-hmm. And we think that like, I think that we think that we know. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Genesis right? 3. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't take long for us to decide. We know. We know what we're doing here. I yeah. got this, God. Uh, I mean, your stuff sounds okay, but yeah. <laughs> I got some plans. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Yeah. Sometimes I like literally make a plan and within a couple minutes, mm. I can just, it falls apart, right? And mm-hmm. I can just hear God being like, oh, that was cute. That was cute. Yeah. Many are your plans. Mm-hmm. And yet, really, not once has God ever failed me. Mm-hmm. Like, seriously, not once. Yeah. That really, you know, I've failed me. Other people maybe have failed me. But like God, mm, no. I don't think God has never n- not come through for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's realizing that slowly and consistently that can help us get rid of the worry and maybe come into a place of concern. So mm-hmm. uh, concern is, again, things that are within our realm. Um, y- you know, she, in the book, it talks a little bit more about knowing that he cares about, God cares about what concerns us and that Jesus loves us enough to confront us when our attitude is wrong. So just like the scripture, oh, Martha, Martha, Mm -hmm. you've got a lot of worries, Mm -hmm. but what are your cares? Because right now Martha cares about sitting at my feet and learning. And he, he desires that for us too. So I also, I mean, worry, like you said, Steph, it, it serves you a purpose. Mm-hmm. And I think when worry arises, it's kind of that like red check engine light mm-hmm. of you need to come and spend some time with me. Mm-hmm. Like you're floating out there and I I want you back by me. Like come back to me, bring that worry to me, cast your burden upon me. Yeah. And I literally, there'll be sometimes I'm in worship where in my head, I'm like taking the burden, which I don't even know what it is some days. I'm like, I'm just burdened. I don't even know what this is. Mm. But, and I just picture, I'm like throwing it up to heaven, right? I'm just like, take this. I don't want it. Mm-hmm. I don't want it at all. And um, that that is what Jesus desired is, is for us to come, to sit at his feet because he does care about what we care about. I love that you're talking about care because uh, in the book she brings up, uh, it's First John 4, 18. Um, there is no fear in love. Mm-hmm. And, and if I care about certain things to the extent that I've wandered off away from Jesus, then I don't know the love of Christ for me. Mm. His love that says, you can come to me with anything. You can trust me with all things. And I, I've been rattling around with this scripture because it's really been moving in me in so many different areas. Um, but there's a version that says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear expects punishment. Mm-hmm. And oh man, do I just see Martha there 
kind of hustling around, like, you know, bustling, grind, mm-hmm. trying to do everything perfectly. And if you struggle with, like, this perfectionism, that it just has to be just so, what punishment are you anticipating mm. or expecting? What judgment are you waiting for uh, that you have to wipe down all the baseboards of your house before somebody comes in? Yeah. Uh, and uh, I only tell you that because I've done it. I was going to say, I've been there. <laughs> uh, uh, having a Thanksgiving dinner and I'm cleaning out the pantries and the cabinets in my master bedroom bathroom. Just, <laughs> because in, case. just in case. Just in case. But what punishment, what judgment, what perception do I think is going to be exposed? What do I care about? And then it goes on. The person who is afraid has not been made perfect in love. And so in as much as we can strive for perfectionism in and of ourselves, we are limited by ourselves. He is the only one who's limited, limitless, and he invites us in. He's saying, come and sit at my feet so that you can have rest. Come so that you can be fueled up again. You have been striving. You're running on fumes. You're missing it. Why is it that you don't know that my love for you completes all the places uh, that you feel that you're flawed or not enough or that you're not capable. I made you and I know you. Do you not know yourself yet? Mm -hmm. And so where is it that I expect punishment Mm -hmm. that tells me, ooh, okay, I don't know God's love for me in this area of my life. And that can be in so many different aspects. Um, But when you put the question over, do I expect punishment in my in my motherhood? Do I think I'm not cut out for this? Do I think I have a flaw or I will fail? Do I expect punishment in my marriage that my husband will have this expectation for me that I can't meet and then he won't love me? The same? Where is that that you have fear because there's a perception of there's not love here and I'm going to be punished if I don't perform in a certain way to earn that? God's love is a gift. And so in the moment that you start striving to earn something, (laughs) you already have rejected the gift that he's trying to extend to you. Mm. And those are words it took me a while to get to Mm. of, ooh, what am I doing? Literally, Jesus is extending his hand to me sometimes, and I'm smacking it away going, I got this. Um, And really paying the price of that because I have not trusted him. I still think that he's going to cast some judgment down on me, some uh, disqualification over me, uh, that I need to do it on my own. Yeah, I you just I was just scribbling, scribbling away. It's <laughs> like you were writing a book of it. <laughs> I don't know if I can actually read what I wrote. But um, and when you were talking, it just kind of sparked in me. Uh, you had said earlier, talking about um, Martha, was maybe it was her gift uh, to be in hospitality. Maybe that was her calling, and it is. Oh, yeah. um, or it can be. So how many of us get caught up in what our gift is and what our calling is in the whatever we're going to produce mm-hmm. and forget that our purpose is not to produce what our calling is for our purpose is still to worship God. Our, our mm-hmm. Everything that we are called to do mm-hmm. should point back to worshiping Jesus. That's what we were designed for. That's what we were created for. And if we don't, mm-hmm. the rocks. I love that because her gift, there was nothing wrong with what Martha was doing. Right. But what Jesus saw was her heart. Yeah. 
And her heart had her in a place where she was missing it all. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't that he was saying, don't be hospitable. Don't do the charcuterie right. boards. I yeah. just want to point that out. Yeah. <laughs> the jam is still good. Yeah. <laughs> the jam is welcome. Uh, but what he saw was her heart. And yeah. that's, I'm so glad you said that because when it is no longer worship and it becomes striving, mm-hmm. uh, work, yeah. a burden, yeah. ooh, we need to get back to the feet of Jesus. Yeah. Mm. Um, I love that that's, you know, the part of scripture they're talking about here. Uh, another way you can say it, and I often do, is I'm I'm a desert wanderer. I'm a wilderness wanderer. So I need to get back to the well. Mm. I need to drink deep and long because I know that I am prone to wandering. Mm. Yeah. I'm prone to going a little too far from that well and being parched. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, I don't always realize it until I've walked off too far. Mm. And this is what he's saying here, that you've gone too far. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is great and good, but if it's going to take you away from being here and knowing that, um, gosh, I delight in you as much as you can delight in me, <laughs> then I would rather than you just set it all down and just be uh, and not do. I heard someone this week say, are you working from God or for God? Mm. Mm -hmm. Because when you're working for God, you're going to burn yourself out because you are striving. And that is, that is just where you're, you're reaching farther than you have the character to hold you up. Right. God is so concerned with with the posture of our heart, with what's within our heart, what your intentions are, all of the stuff that you can do, that's all great. But it's not at the end of the day what God cares about. This person also said, um, you know, when you die, the thing that you hand back to God is not the gifts and the capabilities that He gave you to serve you on this earth. You're going to hand back your your character, your integrity, like why you did things. That's why, that is what you give back to God. Not the, oh, well, you gave me wisdom and discernment. And so here are those things back to you. He's like, no, those were for you, for earth. So how did you use those gifts? Because that's what I'm really concerned about. Mm-hmm. And um, we know that the closer you get to to Jesus and to his heart, he does hold you, like Pastor Sonny says, on that shorter the shorter leash Mm -hmm. and your intentions do really matter. And so even if you're doing the, the good thing, like, um, you know, serving at church or whatever, if you're showing up and you're going, well, I mean, I have to be here because I want to be good for God. I want to, you know, or it's for my family and all of this stuff. It's what I'm supposed to do. What I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Oh, I mean, how many times, have I said in my life, I, I have to because it's what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Becky knows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? When we're, that's the striving. That's the, I, I have to do this because it brings me to a place that I'm supposed to be in mm-hmm. instead of filling yourself back up, sitting at the feet of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Doing that in relationship with him. Mm-hmm. I think too often we go, okay, got this. I'll figure it out on my own. And he's like, nope, the whole, the whole point of, all of this <laughs> is for us to have relationship uh, and for you to know that where you are limited, that's where I want to show you and invite you into so much more uh, that doesn't come from you. 
you don't have to generate that on your own. Uh, You are a part of a bigger picture and story, uh, and there's no limitations. There's no um, holding out on you, and I think that's where we can strive, right? Martha wanted to have the best. She wanted to be the best. Mm-hmm. Um, she wanted. She she wanted. Let's be honest. She wanted there to be a claim. Like oh, you know yeah. what oh, yeah. you and know. When I went to Martha's house, yeah. man, you should have seen what she had laid out. I mean, I've <laughs> never been treated so well. You could eat off the dirt floor. <laughs> yeah. I felt so good. Martha is the best at hospitality. Mm. Um, And so, again, she had just lost sight of, yeah, she was good. And she was always going to be good because that was her gift. Uh, But to continue to strive on that, she was missing out on. But that gift brings me to a table uh, where I can enjoy it. That gift brings me into the body. But I get to enjoy what the body does together. Uh, and that's that's a reminder there for her uh, and for us. Where is it that, you know, you're so focused on the gift uh, that you've missed out on how that brings his kingdom here to earth? And are you missing out on those moments, mm-hmm. like those glorious moments of, oh, like, wasn't that so good? Um, I would imagine if she would have continued the way she did, she would have missed that isn't that so good moment and just focused on picking up the dishes and cleaning up after he left and, and going, I feel so alone Mm -hmm. and isolated even when I have people around me. Um, And that's something I'm very familiar with as well. Mm. So good. I mean, think about Mary. I mean, Mary knew what was going on in the house. Mm -hmm. She knew stuff needed to be done and um, she knew, she knew the chore list but still she chose. And I think that's what it boils down to is we have the choice. Mm -hmm. Are you going to choose to sit at the feet of Jesus or are you going to choose what you want, your will, where you feel like you need to run to, where what you need to worry about is more important, Mm -hmm. right? Like we we hold that power. And I I feel like I've forgotten that in my life Mm -hmm. where I've forgotten that I get to choose. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just been like, I'm just so overwhelmed. Um, and I know that that's my word. So maybe identify for you, what what are the words and what's the language that mm-hmm. you use when you're feeling this way? You're like, yeah, I, I know what you guys are talking about, but I always say I'm frustrated, mm-hmm. right? Or, um, you know, whatever. I'm so frustrated with the kids or stuff like that. But I know for me, it's overwhelmed. Like I feel, and it always is in all areas of my life. Like I can't, I can't hold it all in my hands. And that's when I start to get kind of that like panicky, mm feeling, mm-hmm. right? But remind yourself, you have the choice. Am I going to choose to continue to say this way? Or am I going to go sit at the feet of Jesus and say, Lord, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Your will be done, not mine. Yeah. I, I feel like we have to highlight Mary here though. Uh, Mary did know yeah. what was required. Mary did know how she was going to be perceived. Mary did know her sister who was going to go off the handle because she wasn't doing the stuff she was supposed to do. And yet her hunger and desire and awareness of this is a unique opportunity and I need to sit here. It was a very brave and courageous mm-hmm. yeah. change of trajectory. Yes. I would imagine that Mary has had to struggle with the same things 
Uh, and then to to be bold enough to stand up against all of those voices in her, but around her as well to say, no, this is the priority I'm going to set. This is what I'm going to do. There will be time for the rest. I'm sure Martha made sure she helped afterwards to clean up <laughs> unless she just followed Jesus off to the next place. Uh and, and how brave and courageous that is to say, like, when you have these perceptions of, mm-hmm. oh, but what are people going to think if I don't do this or that? Or or even the own expectations you have for yourself of how you always thought it would be uh, mm-hmm. when you got to a certain point and it's not quite matching up. It is brave and courageous to say, you know what, I'm going to lay those things down and, and turn a different direction. I'm going to change my posture to this. Uh, and I'm going to indulge. I mean, that feels like a dirty word to us sometimes, right? Indulge, a delight, mm. um, enjoy, drink from, absor- like so many words that we go, oh, that just wow. sounds so like wrong. That but sounds when is the like- last time you delighted <sighs> in the presence of the Lord? To think about it that way. I mean, even sometimes maybe on a Sunday, you're like, I'm here and I'm worshiping, but I feel like I'm giving like, mm. you know, mm-hmm. maybe I'm not receiving, mm-hmm. but it is, it's a relationship that goes both ways. Yeah, definitely. You look like you have something. Uh, no, I'm just, I'm still in Martha and Mary's house. Yeah. I'm, I'm still there. I'm still, um, I'm still thinking about Martha mm. being so worried about what the talk on the street is going to be mm. because her sister is just sitting at the, she's not helping this right. disobedient mm. with the guys. With, with the, the guys. guys. Yes, in that culture for her to be sitting at his feet. What Come kind on. of woman does that? That's where I'm at. I'm like, oh. man. Mm. Man, Martha, Martha, mm-hmm. Martha. Mm-hmm. But in that moment when Jesus rebuked her, she was obedient. Mm-hmm. She did respond to him mm-hmm. in the way that he was hoping her heart mm-hmm. would. She stopped. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. One, we need his word to like interject. But two, it's okay. It's okay to redirect in those moments. Again, I have to believe that she did know God's love. And him interjecting and saying and rebuking her and disciplining her in that moment, she knew his heart. Oh, yeah. She didn't talk back. Which means then she could trust that. How many of us would be trying to, again, I started there, right? Try to justify why or continue on. Well, I'll just do this this other, one more thing, and then I'll be over there to sit Mm -hmm. down. Um, And yet that just speaks to the relationship. And so that speaks to us. And what's the relationship we have with him? Do we know him? Do we know his heart? Uh, And even when we need to be reminded, when we've lost our way a little bit, um, do we know his heart enough to answer that voice? Um, and change direction so that uh, we get all the good stuff. Yeah. yeah. God doesn't just suggest to us not to worry, mm. right? Like he commands us. Mm. 365 times. Not to worry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, I hold on to that. Yeah. <laughs> One for every day, mm-hmm. right? Do not be anxious. Do not worry mm-hmm. every single day. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just have to like sit there and soak in some of this stuff. And, you know, hey, if you're feeling that like, you know, I I know I don't read my Bible as much as I should, or um, I've had a devotional that someone bought me that's been sitting on my dresser for 
a year and a half and now it's just embarrassing, right? Mm-hmm. It's like collected dust. But like you've you've wanted to and you felt that that call. That's that's God just saying to you, Martha, Martha. She's chose the better part. And he wants that for you too. He wants the better part for you too. And so we want to end this episode by talking about what is the good part? Um, Because we want to leave some kind of, you know, nugget or something that you can take and and chew on um, after this episode. So the good part is that he has offered up his presence to us, that we have the gift of being present in his presence. Mm -hmm. And, um, it is a gift and it is a delight. And honestly, I, I had to kind of catch myself a couple weeks ago. I was reading, um, I don't, I can't quite remember the scripture right now, but, um, it said they were amazed and in awe and they were, you know, shouting hallelujah, Jesus, this, like they were overcome with that joy. I was like, gosh, when was the last time I was delighted like this? Mm -hmm. You know, like where I was just so acknowledging God and his presence. Um, and maybe you, you need to do that too. That remember it's, it's okay for you to take your foot off the gas every once in a while. Like, you know, we worry that the housework is going to pile up if we're not on it every single night. If I don't do the dishes tonight, then I'm going to have dirty dishes tomorrow. Well, well, yeah, but <laughs> that's okay. Because yeah. nobody said that you have to clean your kitchen every night. <laughs> but maybe you could use those 30, 45 minutes um, to go be in your word and you will be then working from God instead of for God. Mm-hmm. And you will be so much more effective. And we know you're, you're gonna be a better wife, a better mom, uh, a better girlfriend, whatever. Like you're going to be a better person when you spend time in the presence of of Jesus. Yes. Amen. Amen. Alton, <laughs> do you have anything to add to that? I don't know about <laughs> you, but this conversation just made me fall more in love with Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, it's 100%. true. And I mean, like our conversation this morning, it's just when you, I think when we have the opportunity to have like girl time and talk, we realize that a lot of the things that we wrestle with are the same as everyone else. And nope, we're not alone, even though, okay, wow, it's been three years since I've known you and I never knew that we struggled with something similar, right? Um, And just, just to hear that and know that, I feel like that gives you that that peace and that freedom and that relief to then even be able to open up your mind to, okay, if God can work for her, mm-hmm. if Jesus loves her, mm-hmm. maybe Jesus can love me too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this isn't the first time that someone has struggled with worry and anxious thoughts, mm. uh, that there's someone who has walked this road ahead of you who is absolutely willing and able and eager to share wisdom and direction and practical stuff to help them so that it can help you so that you can eat the fruit of the table that Jesus is inviting you to. So good. Are you good? Love it. Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Becky. I'm, this was definitely the episode for you to be on because <laughs> you spoke to that really, really well. So thank you. Thanks. 
All right, ladies. Well, we hope that you enjoyed today's episode and uh, we'll be coming back next week. We're going to have another new episode for you. Um, Right now we're running them kind of like with the life group session. So once groups are done, uh, we'll wrap up our season of our podcast and then we'll start back up next time. So we can't wait to see you next week. See ya. See ya.